to their screams. Greetings, ghouls and creeps, and welcome to Listen to Their Screams, a horror podcast. We are your leaders uh, through the, uh, I don't know, what is it, through the minefield of screams, through the minefield of horrors, whatever it is. I'm Dave. I'm joined, as always, by Ike. Ike, uh, I know that was just a blazing introduction, but how the hell are you? You know, um, I, I, if, I, if I was any better, I'd be dead. Let me tell you what. <laughs> Yikes, that, that'll... Wait, is that, supposed, is, like a, is, that, is that supposed to be like a dark thing? I, I've heard that phrase before, but I didn't know I, if that meant like I'm doing so good I could die or I, I'm doing so I bad I want to die. <laughs> it kind of sounds like the only way for you to prove is to die. I don't know. That's a, I don't know <laughs> hey, if that's man. a good. I don't know if thing, that was. <laughs> the only thing left is the eternal sleep. Let me tell you what, man. That's right. <laughs> Getting a little woozy, man. <laughs> I'm woozy. <laughs> All right. Well, if uh, if you're stuck with us through that bullshit, we are uh, listening to their <laughs> screams. Thank you for joining us and uh, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And then make sure you follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Letterbox. We're at Listen to Screams. That is Listen. The number two is Screams, all one word. As we say every week, uh, thank you to Kayla and Monica. As you can see by our uh, our our witty banter and our high intelligent uh, repertoire uh, this is the kind of bullshit they have to deal with on a day-to-day basis so there you go <laughs> and we will mention it again later but we do discuss movies this is a movie uh, related podcast horror movie related podcast uh, so we will spoil things you have been warned uh, and before we really dive into everything we do let's uh let's in the in the essence of transparency Ike, let's discuss uh, let's discuss podcast uh, whatever you would call it business here so to speak um podcast 101 (laughs) that's right this 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 episode is going to be released on thursday january 19th now in the world of listen to the screams this for a couple weeks will be the last episode that we record uh, on our normal recording schedule which is we we literally record the day before release because we want to make sure we get all the news and and everything we can uh, before the episode is released we are going on vacation for two weeks or nearly two weeks a little over a week so the next two episodes, which will be on January 26th and February 2nd, uh, release dates are pre-recorded. They will still be out. They will still be released. They're already scheduled to be released, but they will not be freshly minted, so to speak, like our <laughs> usual episodes. So there might be some breaking news and, and, and things in the world of horror that we're going to miss on those episodes because, again, uh, they're already recorded even as we record this one. So uh, when we come back, get on our regular schedule for the episode that will be released February 9th, we may have to catch up on lots of horror news. So uh, just so you know, if you listen to a couple of weeks, and you're like, why, why, why aren't these assholes talking about this? Well, that's why, because, you know, these assholes don't know what happened yet because uh, we recorded that well ahead of time. So there Amen. you go. There you go. So um, but uh, yeah, we're going to we're going to get some sun, some waves, some sea air, uh, get out there and enjoy uh, some time with our families and uh, and uh, get away from everything. But like I said, the content will still be there. It's pre-recorded, scheduled to be released. We will not miss an episode. Um, and if I don't, who knows? Maybe if we hadn't said anything, maybe nobody may not know the difference. But uh, we just wanted to be transparent. So there you have it. That's the business. That's the way it is. But we got a lot to talk about here on this episode. We are reviewing today the movie that was just released called "There Is Something Wrong with the Children." Um, it is out there. Uh, able to be purchased 
uh, on streaming platforms. Uh, but I got, besides that, uh, did you watch anything uh, this week? Um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. I recently started a rewatch, if you will. Um, <clears throat> I, I try. Like, I think we've talked about this a lot, but as horror fanatics, there there are a number of series that we will just rewatch and rewatch and rewatch and rewatch until we're blue in the face. Um, but I've kind of sort of started like a like a supernatural movie rewatch. Um, not the show, like, but supernatural movies. Last week we talked supernatural. Well, we haven't talked about it yet. Ooh, about see, podcast business gets a little tricky. Uh, That's right. <laughs> we will be talking eventually about supernatural movies, um, which we have already recorded previous this week, and it's and it spurred a, a rewatch. So I'm kind of doing a rewatch of those. So I recently rewatched the uh, Paranormal Activity movie, um, the first two. And I gotta say, they they age really well. They're really good movies. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's that's cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, man, I haven't really watched. I haven't really watched anything. At least not anything horror related. I'm still, I don't know, plucking away at different things here and there. And uh, part of the problem arises right now is some of the the, the television shows that I watch are back, are starting <laughs> back. So it's like I, I watch those and. Uh, but it's also just, you know, leading to, again, leading to vacation. Work's been very, very busy. Oh, yeah. So uh, so it's like, you know, making sure I stay ahead of things and I prepare for, you know, my, the time off and everything. So it's 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 kind of taken away uh, some, for some of my spare time. So um, not not much watched for me. Actually, I don't I don't know anything that would really uh, horror related would fit. Of course, I mean, I did watch, you know, Supernatural, the series. Of course. I, I, I always watch plenty of that. So all the time. It's pretty much just a safe assumption. Maybe I should just put that at the at the start. You know, when you subscribe, follow us on social media. Hey, Dave, watch Supernatural. It's all just <laughs> kind of routine stuff. But uh, yeah, so uh, that's about it. Uh, so uh, I, it's, it's weird because, like you said, we recorded the next two weeks. So I feel like it's like we've already discussed everything uh, as far as that kind of stuff goes. It's like it's kind of odd. It's just uh, really a weird positioning we're in here. It, it really but, uh, is. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. We'll muddle through it because you know we are pros after all. I mean, as you can tell. Uh, by by our uh, by our banter. Look, professional uh, eater maybe, professional podcaster not so much. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but one thing we do like to do on the show is play a game. So Ike, let's play top three. Top three. <laughs> and on this episode, we are going to talk about our top three favorite Blumhouse movies. Uh, and Ike, this is this is a tough one, another tough one, right? Because uh, yeah, there's a pretty good <laughs> list of Blumhouse movies, and man, there are, you know what? There's there are a lot. Of, they're all pretty good. I mean, there, there's there's so many to choose from, and it's a it's a little weird to narrow down, and um, and then I think you also ran into it though that I don't know. At least me when I was looking at the list, did, did you find that a lot of the Blumhouse movies, yeah, they blur together a little bit, right? When you start talking yeah. about a bunch of the sequels and stuff, you're like trying to remember ah oh, which sequels what, and and uh, so um. But, you know, I think I've got it narrowed down to three that kind of jumped out at me. Um, you know, it's kind of the three I had in mind. I looked over the list of of, of, of the releases and nothing really changed. So uh, so if we're ready, let's dive right into it. Ike, what is your number three favorite Blumhouse movie? Absolutely. Um, well, real quick, just a real quick preface, because I always got to say something first. I always got shit to say. Um, like you said, this was incredibly difficult for me to even start to narrow down. Um, I literally was scrolling through the Wikipedia of like all the Blumhouse, uh, sorry, yeah, Blumhouse productions, which by the way, it is Blum like Plum, 
not bloom yeah. like loom. Um, <laughs> yeah, we researched this shit. We we freaking did, man. That's um, why we're pros. That that's that is why we're pros. Amen. But there were so many movies. Like I have like I I, I was sitting here like I started to say let me make an honorable mentions list, which I'll mention at the end probably. But like I have like so many listed, and I'm like literally my honorable mentions is longer than my top three, which is insane. But anyways. So my number three, which was surprising to me, is uh, Black Phone. <laughs> um, That's my number three as well. <laughs> hey, there you go. So I was going through this list, and like there were so many great movies that Blumhouse has put out over the years. And I'm like thinking to myself, I don't want to put – like I, I was trying to not put new releases in there, and I don't know why. But at the end of the day, I sat there, and I'm like, I liked Black Phone so much. It was such a good movie, such a good story, so well done. I have to put it in there. Love Black Phone, love Ethan Hawke. Literally, Ethan Hawke is my probably one of my favorite actors. Um, which weirdly enough, I have another movie of his on my top three. Um, so if any, <laughs> I do too. <laughs> oh my god! So dude, if we have if we have the same fucking top threes, that's gonna be weird. <laughs> well, okay, you talk about uh, Black Phone before we get too ahead of ourselves. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, again, we you know we again we reviewed Black Phone. Uh, we talked about it you know a couple of different times and. And you know, especially when we talked about our year, 2022 year in review, uh, I did. I loved Black Phone. I thought, and I thought Ethan Hawke was great. The character was so great. Uh, I, I just, I want to see more, right? I want to see more in this world. Uh, especially would love, which you know, there's been talk of maybe a, a like a prequel type deal. I would love to see that. And again, like you said, there's so many great movies, right? And and you forget some of them, right? You yeah. forget some of these movies they put out over, and and, and really their their release history is not that long, right? They're only going back, uh, what to the early you know, early 2000s, I believe, right? I mean, uh, maybe not even that. I mean, yeah. We're not talking about this extensive, you know, year, you know, right? I'm, I'm not even sure when the first movie they released was, but uh, it's not that long. As you, their you first, Yeah, their first movie ever released was called Hysterical Blindness, and that was in 2002. But their yeah. first, like, actual big release was in 2009, which was Paranormal Activity. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, we're talking... You know, just, you know, not even 15 years, really, uh, and yeah. really being in this. And they have put out a lot, a lot of movies, a lot of good movies, really, and a lot of fun movies. And uh, but when I looked over them, and I mean, literally, I, Black Phone was one that just jumped. And I thought, you know, I, I love the movie. It was so enjoyable. And one thing about it is I think it was it just felt different than their own movies. Right. It was a little different yeah. than some of their some of their stuff they do, you know. And uh, but again, yeah, that's that's why I chose. I, I, I really enjoyed Black Phone. Uh, it's a movie that I will definitely revisit in the future. And uh, if, I don't know. Like I said, I had three that really just jumped pretty quick at me, and and that was one of them. So you know, that is my number three as well. Uh, so let's see. Let's see <laughs> if we can keep this going. Hike, what is well, your number two favorite Blumhouse movie? So so here here's what I'm trying to think. I there are actually two other movies I can think off at the top of my head that have Ethan Hawke in them and are Blumhouse Productions. Mm-hmm. It's so. So there's two. I'm going to say them. I'm not going to tell you which one I've picked, but I'm I'm going to tell you the two that they are first, okay? You okay. have Sinister and you have The Purge. I okay. chose Sinister as my number two. Uh, Did okay. you choose The Purge? I chose The Purge, but it's not my number two. So that, that gives it away, I guess, but yes. I did not gotcha. choose Sinister, but okay. I was thinking to myself, there are two of them, so we, it's very possible that you know. So basically, all three of the Blumhouse movies that have Ethan Hawke in them are in our top three, which should <laughs> tell right. you something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so okay, so Sinister, Sinister was my top, my number two. 
Um, it's about a, a true crime writer who finds a box of Super 8 films in his new home. And basically, it's a it's like about this creature type thing that's like and you know compelling these families to um, to kill each other. Well, not each other. It's compelling the children to kill the parents and the other siblings. And um, they find some pretty creative ways to kill um, each other. And it, this is a PG-13 movie, mind you. And um, I, I was not uh, super stoked about having to watch a PG-13 horror movie. Um, generally speaking, if it's a PG-13 movie, I not that I won't watch it, but I do have my trepidations about whether or not it's going to be good. Um, actually, I take the back. It's a rated R film. I swear it was PG-13. Anyways, the point that I'm getting at is that um, it, it definitely seemed toned down in a lot of ways. But then there's one scene in particular with a lawnmower that will uh-huh. forever be stuck in my brain um, where, where, where a family's murdered by a, a running lawnmower. And, yeah, it's sinister creepy. It's paranormal. It's you know, got a little bit of that that mystery to it. It's it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it's a fun movie. I I don't think it was really there for me in the running, but it is a good movie right. again. But that that's not to put it down. That's just to me just shows the depth of the Blumhouse movie catalog. And um, but yeah, that is not in my top three. Uh, not one that really I had considered. Uh, my number two might I don't know. I don't know if it'll be surprised people. My number two from 2018 is Halloween, the continuation of the Halloween franchise. And um, and it's 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 weird. I don't know how much Blumhouse, how much influence they had in this, but it's a you know, it counts. That's all I got to say. It (laughs) it counts. And and that's all that matters Um, for all the shit we give Halloween ends. um, I really liked Halloween, uh, the, the continuation. Uh, you know, as they as they kind of ignore all the sequels and so so forth. Um, I thought it was very well done. I loved Jamie Lee Curtis in it. How you saw the effects of of everything, right? Of Michael Myers and, and all this in it. Uh, I thought it was just a great movie. Maybe it's a little obvious choice for me, but that's okay. It is my number two favorite Blumhouse movie. Absolutely, uh, Halloween's great. Obviously, I love Halloween. It didn't make my list, but it was in my honorable mentions. Um, like you said, it's you forget how like widespread these production companies are because like Blumhouse, I mean, they're everywhere. Halloween, mm-hmm. this, that, everything else. Um, there was another honorable mention that I wanted to mention, which was Creep. Creep is a Blumhouse. Oh, yeah. Film, yeah. Um, which it didn't make my top three, obviously. But I mean, you have the Paranormal Activity movies. You have the Insidious movies. You have all of these fantastic movies that Blumhouse made. And Halloween is just like the icing on the cake. I mean, it's such a good remake in my opinion i consider it pretty much a remake even though it's a direct sequel to the first one it pretty much is a departure from everything else that we've ever seen in any other version of halloween so absolutely fantastic love it yeah me too and again i you know i don't know maybe i'm flying a little loose because there's there's a whole partnership there lots of production companies involved in it i don't know how big a part Blumhouse, but (laughs) but they're there so it counts in my book. Uh, and again, I was, you know, I enjoyed the movie, was super excited about it coming out. So that 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 just made it all the better to me. Right. When you're super pumped and excited about something, uh, you know, maybe even if it has flaws, you, you you tend to sometimes overlook that. Same as kind of the same with nostalgia. Right. It helps you. You kind of see past, past the blemishes. <laughs> uh, but that brings us to our number ones. Ike. So what is your number one favorite Blumhouse movie? 
So this one, guarantee nobody, I, I will guarantee that most of the people watching this probably have not seen this movie. And I'm not saying that in a hipster way. I'm saying this <laughs> in a, I'm saying this in a, this movie came in, it flew under the radar. It did not have a very successful opening weekend, I would say, compared to like other Bloomhouse pictures. Um, but honestly, this is probably one of the best horror movies like that are kind of in this very niche genre. So my number one is the Belko experiment from 2016. No, I have not seen that. Yeah, so so basically it's about a twisted social experiment. So basically 80 Americans are locked into a high-rise corporate office in Bogota, uh, Colombia, and they're ordered by an unknown voice coming coming from the company's intercom system to participate in a deadly game of kill or be killed. So it's kind of like Squid Games before Squid Games was a thing. Um, it, 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 it kind of plays on sort of like, have you ever seen the movie from the 2000s? It's a Japanese movie called Battle Royale. Uh, yeah, actually, I think I have. Yeah. So it kind of plays up on sort of a Battle Royale-esque type thing. It, it's sort of like a battle to the death between all these people. Um yeah. And it and it's sort of like an unfortunate like circumstance like they have to kill each other or else they don't they don't get out of there alive. So it kind of plays into because keep in mind one of my favorite horror movies of all time is Saw and Saw is about playing games and this kind of <laughs> plays into that a little bit. Um, but it's super good. Um, has a lot of I would say relatively I don't want to say unknown actors because it has like John Gallagher Jr. in it. As John C. McGinley, I think McGinley's from Scrubs is where he's mostly known from. Um, but like, you know, there there are some other names in there, but no one that's hu- super huge. But I will say this: it was written by James Gunn. Um, yeah. So that that to me is probably why I like it so much. I love James Gunn. Um, you know, obviously for people to know, Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, James Gunn is the uh, mastermind between, I would say, one, arguably one of the best uh, Marvel movies. Um, he also did the Peacemaker show um, and okay. numerous other things. Suicide Squad. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Now, now he's kind of, you know, he's the head of the DC Cinematic Universe now. Don't get me started on the DC Cinematic Universe. <laughs> <laughs> completely trying to restructure and scrap, and I don't man, he's uh, he's gutting that thing. Let it's, me tell it's you a little, what. A little weird. Let me tell you what. The only good thing that has come out of the DC reboot, whatever the hell this is, is that Jason Momoa is probably going to be Lobo, even though Aki is the best Aquaman that we will probably ever have. I I will accept it because he likes the Lobo character, but I'm very mad that they're getting rid of Henry Cavill's Superman, and I'm very mad that they're getting rid of The Rock's Black Adam. Well, then anyways, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure I could forgive them because they've completely scrapped the, the Batgirl movie, which had, you know, the reintro- was supposed to be the reintroduction of, of of Keaton's Batman. So, you know, that just that totally pissed me off. I'm like, I mean, here it was too. all they were planning to do is just put it on streaming to put it on HBO Max, too. That was the initial plan. It's like you can't just fucking do it. It was already filmed. It's like you can't it's just already fucking filmed. It. The filming part's done. It was just, uh, yeah, they, it was just in, you know, in post-production or whatever. They were still doing that kind of shit. I, I'm, I'm 99% sure. And it's like, you can't just go ahead and fucking be done with it and put it out there. I mean, what's well, the point? Of th- yeah, I don't know. It was weird. Are, are they going to put, they're going to put the Flash movie out, even though Ezra Miller yeah. has completely fucking lost his mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. That should have, that's supposed to have Keaton in it too. So, I mean, I've got that. 
But it's I don't know. How's everything going to make sense now? Because Batgirl was supposed to be the the introduction to all this stuff. Right. And, and Keaton, I don't know. Anyway, none of this is horror related, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we're angry. Yes. That's what matters. <laughs> That's right. I am. We, we, we you know. We see my, what I think of Michael Keaton's Batman, and when you start fucking with it, man, it pisses me off. So, <laughs> all right, so that's your number one. So now my number one, which I think we already mentioned, is uh, obviously now from 2013, is The Purge. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love The Purge movies. And when I the, saw the first one, and I still – I think it's so clever. I think it's just this – it's such a cool idea, right? It's this um, – and it's uh, – again, I don't want to dip my toe into too much, but given a lot of uh, societal context – I mean, fucking the purge doesn't seem that fucking wacky anymore. Sometimes, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes you, I'm just saying, and I, I'm not getting, I'm not going to preach. I'm not going to harp. I'm not going to talk politics, but you know, when it came out, you're like, ah, oh, ha, ha. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. And it's like now a few years go by. You're like, okay, I can see some people fucking wanting to do this. And, um, but it's, uh, you know, this, this thought of, a of a, almost a, a cleansing of society, right. And a cleansing of certain people and yeah. a, and this, this uh, ability for people to to get their shit out on one night and, and and with the thought of that will reduce it through the rest of the year, so to speak, which I you know, you could probably argue that. But it's there's a lot of great social context to this and, and everything else. And I, I just think it's a very clever movie. I think it's a very fun movie, um, highly enjoyable. You know, just it's just good shit to me. And, and I love the Purge movie. So uh, when we come up with this ideal, I was pretty much right off the bat knew that this was probably going to be probably going to be by number one. So. Absolutely. Uh, you know, like you said, the, the purge in my opinion is probably one of the, <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. So it, it, like you said, it has a very powerful political undertone, um, especially for like the 2013s. Um, it, it definitely wasn't something that we were really expecting. Uh, but definitely subsequent films really play into like the politics. I mean, there's literally, I think the third purge, which is purge anarchy maybe, or I don't know, but the third purge movie, it, it talks about like there it's literally, there's a politician who's being threatened during the purge by her competitors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, there, there's just so much good stuff about the purge movies um there's so many many memorable moments but i think from the first movie specifically the first movie is obviously the best i, I think this is definitely a pretty stereotypical the first movie's the best but it also kind of departs from the typical decline of sequels because the sequels are in my opinion equally good but they don't have that magic that the first one had um yeah because they've had like i think there's five of them now the first one um, the second one, which is, I think, Anarchy, Purge 3 is per, um, or maybe the third one's per, anyways. And then they have the, the first Purge, and then the Forever Purge. And then they also have the Purge TV series, which was also really good. Oh, man. It was such yeah. a good movie. And it has, honestly, the, the, it has, like, the really creepy motto. It's like, Blessed be the new founding fathers for letting <laughs> us purge and cleanse our souls. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it is. Again, it's it's such a great movie. And it's uh, to me, it's even I don't know. It just feels even more powerful because this world's so wacky now. Yeah. And uh, and again, I'm not I'm not going to you know, I'm not going to harp on this. I'm not going to get on, you know, whatever. I'm not going to discuss it. But it's almost like. It doesn't. It feels it's just like it's got a little almost a kernel of believability to it anymore. And it's like, you know, it's it's weird. 
But uh, but again, I think you're right. I, I you know the first, I think the best maybe just because of the freshness of it, right? It's the ideal um, is already you know it kind of blows your mind when you first watch it a little bit. Right. And while the subsequent movies, you, you're you're aware now of the concept. So uh, you know that there's that. So, but anyway, that is our top three Blumhouse movies. Uh, like I said, hit us up on social media. We always like it when you do that. Let us know what your favorites are. Uh, if you disagree, if you agree, if you have other ideals, there's a lot of movies to choose from. So tell us which ones you like. Uh, but for now, we're going to take a brief break, and we will come back with news and upcoming releases. Remember, in the course of discussing movies, the host will spoil plots. You've been warned. All right. Now, we've got plenty of news items uh, to go over. Uh, and it's it's kind of odd that here we are with our last kind of live. And, and some of these new things come out a little bit before. We could have put them in the pre-recorded ones, but I wanted to make sure that it was this is the first episode being released of the three. So I wanted to save them all for this to get it out there. Um, and, and some of this stuff I've literally have picked up off the newswire just prior to, to recording. I mean, so some of this I've not even thrown out at Ike yet uh, in the show notes. <laughs> No, but I, I mean, he, but I'm, you know, he may have be aware of them. But uh, okay, so here we go. Let's dive right into it. Uh, USA and Sci-Fi have announced that season three of Chucky has been greenlit. Uh, so new episodes of that series will return later this year. I love the Chucky series. It is so cool. I think it it, it gets back to what makes the Child's Play and the Chucky's the movie. It, it gets back to the good shit of it, right? Mm-hmm. It, it gets away from the crap, uh, and it is it's fun. Now, now it doesn't ignore everything. Right. And there are and there are elements that it brings into it, but it still does it in a, in a good way to me. Uh, but I love the love both seasons of it. Cannot wait for season three. Um, I'm glad they finally announced it, even announced it, even though I don't think it's any surprise to anybody there was going to be a season three because it's been really, really successful. Now, a couple other uh, news topics that we got to touch on. And I, these are the ones that I just picked up right on some news about the Crystal Lake, the Friday the 13th prequel series. Yeah, they have announced in a in a recent screening of I, I believe it was Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. I can't remember which one. One of the one of the movies recently. I, I, it was a, a Friday the Thirteenth screening. It was on Friday the Thirteenth, and uh, I can't remember who it was. Somebody was there, and some of the notes that this is from the horse's mouth about the Crystal Lake series. They are working on it. Writing's getting ready to begin in here in just about two weeks. They're getting ready to really dive into writing. Kevin Williamson of the Scream of, of Scream and. Uh, and then what it was, what was the other movie? We've got a review coming. Oh, it was sick. Uh, he, he did sick, which is we're going to be reviewing here in a couple episodes uh, or next episode. Excuse me. Uh, he is on board to write an episode. So that's that's kind of cool. I, I'm curious about that. And they also did announce that Adrian King is on board in a recurring role in this series. Uh, of course, she was in uh, she was the final girl in part one, uh, killed off in the beginning of you know the part two. But uh, but she's on board for a recurring role in this series. So that is pretty damn cool. Uh, so I, I I'm I'm already so damn excited about this prequel series and, and I have complete faith in how good it's going to be. This just makes me all the more excited. I I, I know you love Friday the 13th franchise, too. Uh, what, what I mean, hearing that kind of news, though, does that even pump you up even more for it? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I've been chomping at the bit for just anything new from Friday the 13th, ever since the freaking remake, you know, the remake was decent. I I've said it once. I'll say it a million times. I love the remake, but I'm so excited for them to like flesh out the character more. And like we talked about, it's supposed to be sort of like a prequel, you know, series 
And it does make me excited to see that there is going to be some involvement from some of the original cast from the original film. Um, and, and like you said, I mean, if I remember correctly, the the person we're talking about is the one that had the stalker, right? That we talked about yeah, yeah. in the previous episode. And yeah, she the real life stalker. And she kind of fell mm-hmm. out of the limelight. So I'm very excited to see that she's coming back and she's going to be like a big part of this, hopefully. Um, but not even that. It's just like it's exciting to hear that they're finally getting the writing done because I've been yeah. hoping and just like, let's get this going. I want to see it now. It's like it's like a fat kid in an ice cream truck. I'm chasing after that ice cream <laughs> truck, you know? <laughs> well, I, I think again, I think it was Brian Fuller that was at this Q&A that did it. Um, but again, he said that because because this is a, a series, a television type or streaming type series, not a movie, right? Yeah. Not movie related, that anything's anything's fair game, right? Just because they're labeling it as a quote unquote prequel, anything in the franchise is fair game. So it'll be cool because I, so I, again, we, we talked about this several episodes ago. I think the term prequel, I think it's misleading. Yeah. Because I, I don't think, I mean, I don't, I just don't think that's exactly what, I mean, I think it's going to jump around timeline wise. I think it's going to touch on all kinds of things. And the rumor is this is going to be tied very tightly to the remake movie is what I, what I heard. Now, again, that's, I don't think that's been uh, verified by anybody, but you know, we'll see. But again, just, I am dying. Let's just, I'm ready for stuff to start coming out. I'm ready to see some, some pictures of some teasers, some trailers, just, I, I and I'm, but I'm glad news is, is, is coming out there. And speaking of news, now, Scream 6 comes out here in March sometime, and it has been. There is now, it is official, right? This is not rumor. This is not a leak. This is nothing. There has been a a, a piece out there in Entertainment Weekly. I don't know if it's the, the issue's been released, but it's been released online. So it is 100% confirmed, verified that Kirby Reed is in Scream 6. She is in the movie because she is in the photo shoot um, for Entertainment Weekly. That's right, Hayden. Uh, Penitentiary, or have you say her name, is in the photo shoot. There are pictures of her. It has officially been released by Entertainment Weekly. So there's no more leak picture, no more rumors. It is confirmed that Kirby is in Scream 6. And if that's not exciting enough, they have just today announced, or today as we're recording, that on January 19th, which is a Thursday, is the day this episode releases, they are officially releasing the first trailer for Scream 6. Cool. So we can't talk about it right obviously now because we're a day before it's being released. But I know that tomorrow, just as soon as I get up, I'm probably going to be scouring to see if it's out yet. I cannot wait to see this trailer. I know they put the teaser out there, but this is supposed to be a full-blown trailer. And, uh, again, I'm excited that Kirby is back in the, in the series, which, you know, we suspected. We thought it was confirmed uh, or, you know, whatever. We thought it was legit. Uh, but now, like I said, it's a, it's official. This is official source material right i mean or whatever you want to call it from from the horse's mouth this is not just fans speculating or a lot of leaked picture so um i, I know we, we talk about scream six a lot we talk about how big a year this is uh, for horror movies and this is this might be one this is one of the the key pieces for the year but uh fucking how excited are you for that trailer to drop oh i'm i'm beyond excited i mean come on it's scream six We've been waiting for more information. I mean, we literally got a a uh, post removed from Twitter, but because mm-hmm. somebody you know struck it down because we, I'm not trying to say conspiracy confirmed, but conspiracy confirmed. <laughs> I mean, we knew this was coming. Hayden Panettiere is fantastic. 
she's kind of getting back into acting from what I've heard. She's kind of had some, you know, some troubles in real life, which, you know, it happens to people. So it's obviously exciting to see her back in this role. I think Scream 4, which was where she originally appeared, was a very good movie for what it was for the time that it was made. And I think 100% that when I watch this trailer, I'm going to be very excited. The only thing that would make this movie better is if we got to see my boy Matthew Lillard. Yeah, that would be great. Still no word on that yet. But again, if if that's happening, there's they're not going to let that shit out. Oh right? no, that's, no way. That's not going to be leaked. They're going to they're, they're going to do everything they can to preserve that. So, uh, fingers crossed. I'm hopeful that would just seal the deal. It just make it so spectacular. That'd, now, that'd some be, other news. Be, oh, sorry. <laughs> that's a vendor level protocol. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now, some other news that just came out that I just saw, and uh, we knew this was coming. But it is official. The the Megan sequel is absolutely 100% official. Not only that, but today they have said it will be called Megan 2.0. And not only that, they have said already it is being released in theaters on January 17th, 2025. So there it is. Officially in two years, which is about right, right? It's two years from the first one. Uh, it, it, we are officially getting Megan sequel. And it's going to be called Megan 2.0. This is official. Studio released information. Uh, we, we knew it was coming, right? They, there's already the word was out there that, that the sequel was greenlit because of the success. But I didn't suspect it this quickly. We'd get a date and a title. Uh, so that is pretty cool information. Now, now hopefully pretty soon we'll get the information on that unrated version of Megan because that would be great to see. Um, like we, we talked about Megan. We reviewed Megan. We both loved Megan, thought it was a fun movie. And um, I'm, I'm very excited about the second one. Uh, and again, they're coming off the success. Megan's still performing well, and they're they're hitting well off the the irons are hot and getting this information out there. And I think that's I think that's a good call on my part. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, this this is a best case scenario for any studio, right? I mean, you, you think to yourself, we have this movie that is doing so fantastically, right? I mean, literally, this is best case scenario. This is absolute best case scenario for any movie franchise. You have a movie, it does fantastically. You leave it open-ended enough for there to be a logical sequel, and now you've you're like you said, you're striking while the iron is hot. You're not letting the hype die. You're literally playing into it. You're saying, you know, fuck it. We have a Megan 2.0. Let's do it. It makes sense. It's a cool title. Obviously, you know, you have um, the the technology, the 2.0. It makes perfect yeah, sense. It fits. Fits. It it 100% does. And like you said, two years, that's about the that's a, that's a good amount of time to get the movie written and made. So absolutely. I'm pumped. Yeah. And especially because I can see it now. Right. You can see how the marketing is going to go with this. Right. Because they're announcing it. Right. They know, you know, it's coming in two years. But yet, if we got this, if we got this rumored unrated version, right, you'll have that release sometime in that two year time. You'll have uh, this the streaming release of it some point during that time. You'll have the physical media version of it at some point during that time. They've got these key things that are going to happen during that two year period while they're working on it. Uh, they've also, they said that the, the, the two main characters uh, are, are returning uh, for the movie too. Uh, the, uh, Oh, I can't, what was her name? Katie. And I uh, can't remember the main girl's name. The, uh, the, the, <laughs> the one that developed Megan. Uh, yeah. Anyway, they're, they're both Gemma. returning. Jimmy. That's right. They're both, they're, those actresses are both returning uh, for the movie. And, uh, and so, you know, again, this, this is, I mean, this is to me makes perfect sense. It's very brilliant. Put that information out there while things are rolling. It might get a little spike, right? People might be like, oh, crap. Oh, they're, they're already calling this. Maybe we should go see this movie if we haven't already. 
So maybe it'll get a little spike in the theater again and, and, and keep rolling on. But again, there's there's all these key dates for movie releases, and, and they've still got those coming, right? The Like we said, the digital release, the streaming release, the uh, physical release, the, uh, the if there's an unrated ver- – I mean, they've got all this other stuff that they can spread over this two years or, or you know, leading up to it. And then when you get, you know, closer to the time when they start shooting, then you start putting that stuff. You know, this, to me, they've got this marketed so far, what it appears to on paper, they've got this marketed so well uh, and what they're doing. And uh, I mean, it's already, there's already all this viral shit with the dancing and everything else. I mean, this, this to me, uh, the movie was fun. It was a good movie, but this is marketing genius in the way they're playing this out to me. No, 100%. It, it is exactly what they need. And like you said, marketing genius, absolutely marketing genius. So, uh, all right. So let's move on to some other things. We like to mention the conventions uh, on the show here and coming up February 17th through 19th is days of the dead, Las Vegas. It's at the Plaza hotel and casino in Vegas. It's a multi-city con. There's days of the dead in several stops of the country. You can visit days of the dead.com for, for information. There's a Hellraiser re- uh, reunion. Uh, Rose McGowan from screen is on there. Tom Savini is going to be there and many others. So check that out. And again, even if you're not anywhere near Vegas, go check out daysofthedead.com because uh, they have several of them, right? I think there's one somewhere in Ohio, maybe one in Indianapolis. Or I think there's one in Atlanta. There's several stops, several locations they do these. So go check that out at daysofthedead.com. And some merchandise news, and Ike, this is not going to surprise you at all. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're talking Universal Monsters here. Uh, Nika, Universal Monsters, Bride of the Frankenstein uh, figure is on pre-order at bigbadtoystore.com, $37.99. Ike, uh, again. May not surprise anybody. I've already pre-ordered my figure, uh, and I don't think anybody's surprised by that. I've, these figures are fantastic. Uh, I've already got uh, Frankenstein, the Wolfman, and the Mummy, who have already been released. Uh, I've got Invisible Man, Phantom of the Opera, and Dracula already on pre-order, and now I also have Bride of the Frankenstein on pre-order. These movie, or these uh, figures are fantastic. They have got the actors and actresses, the, the character likenesses from their estates, so they can be authentic to the movies. Uh, these are these are sensational figures, and uh, I don't again anybody that knows me knows it's no surprise that I love these things, and that uh, <laughs> probably not a surprise that I've already pre-ordered mine, uh, but that's okay. Uh, so some birthdays coming up. Uh, January nineteenth is Logan Lehrman from the Butterfly Effect and Escape Room has a birthday. August twentieth, Evan Peters from Dahmer and American Horror Story has a birthday, and then on January twenty second, Linda Blair, of course, from The Exorcist has a birthday. And then on January 19th in 2001, the cult classic Donnie Darko was released. Uh, like I haven't seen Donnie Darko in so goddamn long. Um, yeah, that's I, I, that's one of those movies <laughs> yeah, that I may need to rewatch sometime. Uh, some other anniversaries on January 24th, 1927, Alfred Hitchcock released his first movie, The Pleasure Garden in England. Uh, of course, Alfred Hitchcock, Hitchcock, Alfred Hitchcock, uh, one of the true early pioneers in horror and, and movies, you know, with the birds, et cetera. But uh, on January 24th, 1927, he released his first movie. And then on January 25th, 2009, the Blair Witch Project premieres at Sundance. We talked about that uh, here a couple episodes ago where we talked about found footage films. And it was my favorite found footage film. And it's hard to believe that it's been whatever that is, 14 years ago that that movie was released. That's wild. I think that date might be a little off. I think it was 1999. 1999. Oh, yeah, you're probably right. Not 2009. That would that would definitely not be right. Yeah, so <laughs> 1999. There you go. So 24 years ago. That makes more sense, yeah. I just I just read the copy here, man. I'm just, just <laughs> delivering the copy. 
And, Somebody's uh, getting didn't fired. Even, <laughs> didn't even strike me that that. Uh, well, well, hold on though. We may need to look into this further because they did they not remake Blair Witch Project? Yeah, that was 2014, 15. Well, fuck, there, there goes that theory. I tried to, <laughs> I tried to sort it out. Tried to save so, it. Yeah, but no dice, no dice. So 1999. Anyway, fuck that. Let's move on. Uh, in memory, uh, again, this is you know not really necessarily in the vein of horror movie exactly, but uh, as the world probably knows, Lisa Marie Presley passed away on January 24th. Uh, she is the mother to Riley Keough who was in The Lodge and Mad Max, The Devil All the Time, but uh, obviously the only child of Ellis Presley, a huge icon uh, in the world. You know, just, just I mean, you know, I don't want to be diminish, diminish anything, but just on her name alone. And it's such a, such a personality, such a figure. Uh, so very sad to hear about her passing. So, uh, so Ike, let's pause there. We don't really have any new releases, upcoming releases coming up. Uh, so we're just going to pause. And when we come back, we're going to uh, do our movie review for the week. And there is something wrong with the children. Listen to Their Screams is now a Fangoria collaborator. Get 20% off your order at shop.fangoria.com by using the promo code LISTEN2SCREAMS at checkout. That is LISTEN, the number two, and SCREAMS. Or you can click the link in the show notes. All right, here we go. We're going to review There is Something Wrong with the Children. I get, I think it's a pretty good blanket statement. You can pretty much say that about most children. There's something <laughs> wrong with that kid. But uh, <laughs> no. Um, anyway... This movie is currently available on Vudu, and uh, on March 17th, it'll be coming out on MGM Plus uh, if you do not want to buy it. It's distributed by Paramount Home Entertainment, and it says Margaret and Ben take a weekend trip with two longtime friends and their two young children. Ben soon suspects something sinister is afoot when the kids start behaving strangely after disappearing into the woods overnight. Like, um, this movie, again, it's, it's a Blumhouse movie. Uh, it's one of the reasons we did our top three, kind of tie into it a little bit. Um, so let's talk about this and let's review it. Um, I'm not, let me say, before we really dive into the movie content, I will say one thing that jumped at me big time about this movie is I fucking loved the the music and the score and whatever it is. It sounded very, very retro to me. It was, yeah. it sounded like a horror movie, right? It's that, I don't even know how to describe it. It's that, I don't even know how, to, I, I, again, I don't know how to describe it. You just have to hear it, but it, it, it fit, right? It, it, it sounded perfect. And uh, it was unique, right? You don't hear it wasn't this real moody type score, you know, orchestral type music or whatever that you hear so much of uh, a lot of times. And, and this that it was just it was different. It gave yeah. a totally different vibe, and I liked it. And um, and the opening was just it was kind of it was just really pretty simple. It was a uh, you know these it's just shot while the music was playing of these kids playing with this green overtone to the, the shot. And it was, it was pretty, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It wasn't that in depth. And, but I liked the feel of the movie visually. I liked the coloring of it and how it was filmed because it, it was, to me, it was very retro, which made it feel different than a lot of the stuff nowadays. It wasn't this dark, creepy film style. It was, uh, I don't know. It, it popped pretty well for me. And, and again, I thought the music was great. Did you, did you pick up on that when you watched it? Just, just despite the content, just the visual and the sound of it, how it felt different than a lot of movies now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, here, here's kind of my take on it. Um, you, you are absolutely correct. The sound and the design of the sound was very dynamic. It wasn't a flat tone. It wasn't your, like you said, your um, 
atmospheric music. It was more boom, you know, this is what's going on, boom, you know, and it did have that retro feel because that's kind of just how things used to be, you know, with with soundtracks and everything else. So it was definitely, in my opinion, a fresh take. In addition yeah, to and that, even, but, oh, real quick, though, even the font, like yeah. on the, the opening credits, it was very it was very simple. It was like, you know, it was like a very simple font. And it's like literally felt like something. And I don't mean this in a bad way, but it felt like something you could do. Right. And it, so it gave it that. I don't know, man. It just gave it that that vibe because, you know, I don't know. Gave it that I don't even know how to describe it, but it was very simple, which made it different because they didn't try to go too overboard with it. So, no, that's what I was going to say. And with the font, actually, it, the green font, it really reminded me of like uh, Night of the Living Dead from like the yeah. like the like the cases that you, they have. It's like a green font. And it kind of reminded me of that sort of like that um, kind of blocky lettering and the green font and it like you said it definitely calls back to like a simpler design um so i i I will give the movie that it had a really great soundtrack a very dynamic soundtrack um it was very straightforward and to the point you know you didn't have to guess what was going on the music let you know what was happening 100 percent um so i love it when a movie does that because it, it makes the experience more visceral um in addition to yep. that, like you said, the font and the simplicity, I, 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 I don't want to beat, you know, beat up a dead horse, but it, it was different. And I think that's really I think that's the big thing this has going for it is that the way they set it up was different. Yeah, definitely. And, it, you know, like I said, in the opening, it was just the, those two kids playing. So, you know, hey, these are the children, right? There's something right. wrong with. Right. You knew what was going, but it was right there off the top. And um. But here's the thing, though, and again, I, I I liked all those aspects, but then when you dive into the movie, <laughs> here's my thing. Uh, <laughs> I, I I feel like I wanted to get some of the big, the more positives, and again, I don't know. The movie just lacked something to me. Yeah, it did. <laughs> and it, it just didn't – I don't know. It's It didn't I, – I, one thing about it is I kept waiting for a goddamn explanation, Same. right? It's like, what the hell is this? What's happening? I was I was on board with the ideal, the concept, right? That there was this thing, this this whatever it was, outpost or whatever it was that they were going in with that huge drop and that whatever that crater. I don't know what you would describe it. And, and there was something definitely there, and it, it it had affected the children. And then from that point, they started behaving differently. And then you know ultimately the kids jumped in, but yet then they were still <laughs> alive and, and, or brought back or however you want to say it. And I was on board with the concept, but I don't feel that there was ever the payoff to it, right? We don't – I don't know. There was never – and again, I, I understand. I've said it many times. You don't have to explain every detail. You don't have to overdo it. But what what was it? Did I don't – unless I missed something, they never really gave any indication of, of what was happening here. And, and yeah. there was just something. But, I mean – I don't know. I felt like there should have been some form of a payoff to it. And um, and I, I don't feel like I got that. And it, yeah. that part was disappointing for me. Yeah, that that was what I was going to say. I, I was going to say I, I like the setup. I love the simplicity of the music, the simplicity of the, you know, the sound effects and the simplicity of the design of the, the opening. It was just like you said, I, I really felt like I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. I was waiting for someone to explain, you know, somebody to come into the movie like in the, 
you know, in the second, you know, half of the movie, someone say like, oh, the woods are haunted by some uh, mosquito demon or something like that. And anything. <laughs> yeah, it just give us something. Anything. And I and I feel like there's stuff that was cut out of the movie, too. I, I felt like we were watching. I was getting kind of like PTSD flashbacks to like the original release of like uh, the Justice League or of like mm-hmm. Batman versus Superman. So yeah. I was getting kind of like the I feel like I'm missing something. I feel like I'm missing a couple pages of a script or of a book. Um, yeah. and, and I don't know what exactly it was. I'm not sure exactly what I was missing, but I will say this. The movie hit on a lot of cool points. It hit on a lot of cool topics. I, like you said, I was totally with the idea. I was totally with the concept. I was with the ki- I was with the times, as the kids say. But yeah. I, like you said, I just I, there was no explanation for it. There was no reason why. And again, spoiler: there's no reason why these kids look like insects and shadows. You yeah. know, and, and it, it never explained it. It never showed if they had like a true form. You know, these kids are just running around making clicking noises with their mouths, and it didn't explain why. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, again, unless I miss it, did were these the these same kids that were just brought back? Were they new beings that took their forms? They didn't really. Yeah. I don't know. I just it felt odd. Uh, you know, it, I, I felt like maybe there was something that was luring them there to die. So that they could infiltrate and take their places, but they didn't explain if that was true or not. It was it was peculiar to me, and I also felt like they missed the boat. And again, not all horror has to be elevated; doesn't have to have a lot of messaging or a lot of whatever. But I felt that they were teasing the the concept of being parents and that what that means to a to people. Right? You had the one couple who had 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 kind of reached an agreement they weren't going to have kids, right? That the guy, you know, part of it was it seemed like the guy had some 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 issues, some you know, some mental health issues or whatever. But but you know, his wife had thought maybe that she was forcing her opinion. Anyway, there was that that whole dynamic which is very real of do they want to have kids or not, right? Because she didn't really want to have kids, but she felt like maybe he was really good with kids and that maybe he really wanted it. And she was taking that away from him. So there was that. There was the other couple who had the kids, but it almost, it, it felt like though that they were, they were into, it, it, trying to say when they had the kids that they, they lost the spark in their marriage, right? They weren't able to balance the marriage right. and the kids. So they, they went trying to find, you know, various ways of, of finding a spark. And that ended up creating bigger issues. And again, a spoiler here, they end up having a foursome with another couple. <laughs> and, and, you know, it didn't, I don't think it, you know, it didn't work out for them the way they thought because it didn't really reignite that spark. So there was that issue too of, you know, they had the mindset of, oh, you're never ready to be a parent. Just, you just got to do it if you're going to do it. But yet they didn't, they didn't feel like they knew how to balance the marriage and the, and the children to have both be healthy so they were trying to find a way there, you know, no one's denying they were good parents, but they were trying to find a way to keep that, that happy and healthy marriage in it. And they just couldn't figure out how to make that happen. Right. And the only way they made it happen is a night away from the kids with no kids, right back to like the pre pre kids situation. So I felt like there was all that going on, right. The, the human mindset of, of parenting and, and whether you want to be parents, but then they just didn't go anywhere with it. Yeah. Right. I, I really thought that was going to be the ultimate 
the ultimate part of it was it was going to play into that of I don't know. I don't know of. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. The movie went a completely different way than I thought and didn't play all the things that I thought they were going to. It was weird. It's like they threw some things out there, but then just didn't really flesh out any of them to me. Yeah, that, that's what I'm going to say, too, is that kind of on that same concept, it, it, you know, we did see the the one guy that I, I don't know if he turned into a bug person, too. Um, but he decided that he was like, you know, it's time to settle down, you know, and he kind of takes the kids as his own in a way. Um, yeah. and so you kind of do see a little bit of fulfillment to that because he, he decides like, yeah, I do want to be a parent, uh, but apparently a parent to some demon insect children. And it, it, like you said, it definitely felt like they really didn't flesh out much of anything else. And they also like you don't see the the dad for a while, right? You you kind of assume he's dead, and obviously yeah. you, you know he's not dead. You know that with all horror movies, there's got to be a you know a final act hero, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and he kind of ends up being ends up being like that final act hero. And I feel like they had a lot of wasted potential. I feel like they could have kept him alive. I felt like that would have made the final scene a little more imp- you know impactful. Um, ver- you know, there, there's a lot of things they could have done differently, and I think they just. I think the biggest thing is that they didn't explain shit. I mean, nothing was explained. We we, we both agree that we 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 stopped watching that movie at the end, and we're just like, what happened? You know, and not in a good way. Yeah. Not in a good way at all. <laughs> no, I mean the movie was about an hour and a half, give or take. And I, and I know a lot of times I say this, but to me, it, this movie felt like it. Man, it needed another 15 minutes in there yeah, somewhere. Yeah. It just didn't feel – I don't know. I didn't – I did not feel in any way fulfilled through that movie. I I got to the end, and I was like, oh, you know, the movie was – it was you know beautifully shot. I loved the music. It, it Overall, it was well acted. The kids did a great job. They were great in it acting-wise, but I thought – I just really – I mean, I got to the end. I'm like, I really don't even know what the fuck this story was. I, I just don't – I don't know what it was trying to say or what it was trying to do. And again, I know it doesn't always have to do that, but if you're going to go this route where there's, I don't know, some element there changing people, whether it be supernatural or whatever it is, there's clearly something changing or influencing or whatever it is, but then you don't tell it all. I mean, it's not like these kids saw a trauma and that made them snap and you, you know, or something. There was no explanation. It was just so, it was odd to me. It yeah. really, really was. And um, so it for all the, the things that I were, was liking about it, and again, when it started and I heard that music and the way it was going, I thought, man, I I, I was hopeful. I thought, I think I'm going to like this. This is because it felt it felt like a young Dave watching an 80s movie, right? It just right. felt like I'm going to get something. It's gonna, this, this feels different. And then I'm like, okay, it might have been young Dave watching an 80s movie, but it was young Dave watching a fucking straight-to-video really bad 80s movie. It just didn't. It didn't pan out for me, and uh, I really wanted to like it. I really did, but I don't know. I was, I was, I felt severely let down by this movie. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I would agree. I would agree. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. So I mean, so this is going to bring us to the rating, and and this is going to, again, I, I I I every week, every episode, I, I have this mindset, and I always feel like. Oh, you know, I feel like we're so wishy-washy sometimes about these movies, right? That we give them, 
middle of the road. We're always like, it's a three or a three and a half. And we don't, and I'm like, man, do we sometimes need to be a little more decisive? You know, we, 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 we want to be careful, right. To not overdo things. And and then I'm like, no, we're, we're good. Right. Because most of these movies I, I enjoy to some level. So I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable. Right. Well, that man, they, they turned me on my ear on this one and I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to start on this one and I'm flat out. I think this movie, I'm giving it a two screams out of five. I just do not think I didn't enjoy it. I did not for everything that I thought I would enjoy. There was, there was not enough there to, to keep me in it. And if I wasn't going to do this review, I'm not, I don't know. I, you know, I would have been a little pissed that I watched that movie. If I had gone to a theater and watched it, I could kind of see why this movie went straight to streaming or straight to digital releasing and why this didn't get, I don't think there was enough substance there. It would have, would have, would have, would have ran theatrical. So I don't know if I've ever done it before. This might be the lowest I've ever given a rating in the history of the show. I'm giving it a two screams out of five. You know, and I think I have to agree. Um, You know, like you said, we, we always say a three it's middle of the road. A one is absolute dog shit. Two, it's a movie that wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen, but it's. I'm glad I didn't pay to see it. I'm glad I. I, I well, I, I didn't pay to see it. You paid to see it, but <laughs> I just. I just used your rental. Um, so I feel bad that you had to pay to see it. Um, you know, and that and that's kind of the long and short of it. it you know, it's. I, I. I don't think that this movie would have done well with a the theatrical release. Um, I definitely feel like a streaming release is definitely what it is. And the worst part is, is that Bloomhouse has made quite a few straight to streaming movies that were actually really good. They did a huge line of movies on Amazon prime, um, that were all straight to streaming and they were reasonably good movies. I mean, all of them have their ups and downs, but none of them disappointed me like this one did. So yeah, I would say a two screams out of five. It's definitely a, um, an unfortunate, unfortunate, uh, you know, an unfortunate score for a very good production company. <laughs> yeah. And, and, it, and again, a promising movie to me, it was, it, you know, the elements it, to me, if you, if they had just put in an explanation of some sort, I don't even care if it was a good one per se, it could have been kind of a hokey explanation, honest to God. And it probably would have bumped it to a three up for me. I, I could have called it middle of the road, but the, I, it just felt it felt like this movie was starving for some form of an explanation to this because of, uh, I don't know, because it was, it was just the way they were going. I mean, because it felt like there was, like again, some supernatural presence or something to it, but they gave no indications of what it was. And it was, I don't know, it was odd. It just, it felt so odd. And um, I felt like, the, again, 15 more minutes, throw something in there, come up with something. I mean, come on, these people are creative people. You throw something in there. <laughs> And it probably would have raised it a little for me because, again, I thought the movie was what I thought the kids did a really great job. They were creepy as fuck. And um, but I don't know. It was just. No, I, was, I agree. I, th- I think the shining moments of this movie was the children. The children were fantastic. The setup was fantastic and the music was fantastic. But those three things alone, unfortunately, could not save this movie. <laughs> Yeah, it, not, me neither. And, uh, you know, so it is what it is. We've got to call it like we see it. You know, we're, we try to be fair, but that means, you know, sometimes that fairness does not always pan out. Uh, but uh, again, I think I don't know. This might be the lowest we've rated a movie. I don't know if we if we've rated anything else or two yet. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I don't know what we rated Thanksgiving, <laughs> but uh, but uh, or uh, 
I don't know. Or the, uh, what was the one, uh, all jacked up and full of warms. Those, yeah. I don't know, uh, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Again, I was, I don't know, hugely disappointed. I, again, I thought the concept was there. I thought the cast was there. I thought the visuals was there. Uh, the sound was there. I just don't, I don't feel like the story was there. I, I, I really don't. And I feel like there could have been a couple of different avenues they could have gone that would have been a better movie than this. So highly disappointed, but that's okay. You win some, you lose some. That's how you play the game. It is what it is. So again, there is something wrong with the children. Two screams. Uh, if you want to see it for yourself, it's available for purchase on Voodoo right now. And it is coming out, I believe I said March 17th on MGM Plus. Uh, so take that for what you will. Uh, but again, the next two episodes are already pre-recorded and in the banks, but they will be released as usual on Thursdays. Uh, and in the next episode, we will be reviewing the movie Sick, which recently came out. Uh, I, I don't remember. What was that on? Was it on Peacock? I think it was released on Peacock, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so it is out there uh, recently released on Peacock. Woo-hoo! So, Ike, before we get out of here, uh, we're just a little over a week from vacation. I'm pretty I'm pretty pumped, pretty excited, ready for it. Uh, we've we've put in the work now. We've got everything lined up podcast wise. Uh, so before we close this out, got anything you want to say? Um, just everybody have fun. Watch these movies. Watch some horror movies. You know, the next three episodes are going to be great. Um, but like I said, watch these movies, man. I, that, that's the biggest takeaway from any of these podcasts is even if you don't like the movies, give them a shot. Even if you end up hating yep. the movie, it is better to have given that movie a shot than it would have to have not. You know what I mean? What's what yep. is it that they say? Michael Jordan says you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. Uh, was that Michael Jordan? I think it might have been Larry Bird. I don't know. One of those <laughs> one of those basketball players, whatever the case may be. Uh, somebody in sports said that. But yeah, again, go yeah, watch it, formulate your own opinion on it. You can, uh, you know, I, I you know I understand that you know I don't know if anybody is putting a lot of their viewing decisions in our hands, but. Uh, Take it for what you will. You know, you know, if you're very much in line with what we think so far in an agreement in our opinions, okay, maybe maybe you want to skip this one if you put that much cloud in what we say. But uh, you know, if you you know, if you just listen to us for the amusement, give it a shot, right? Give it a view. Uh, you might like it. Maybe you will, and maybe somebody can explain it to me. Maybe I missed something. You know, maybe I'm just not. <laughs> maybe I'm not elevated enough in my thinking to know what they were doing. Who knows? <laughs> but that'll put a wrap oh. on this episode. Uh, and, you know, there is something wrong with the children. And truer words were never spoken. Uh, you know, kids are creepy, right? Cute is creepy. We say that all the time. And cute is creepy. Uh, whew, well, whatever else. So until next episode, wherever you go and whatever you do, be good, be safe, and have many pleasant nightmares. <laughs>